You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. Tonight to the book of James, if you would, James chapter 2, Ara did a great job. Josh was all right. No, it was great. Thank you. James chapter 2 in your Bibles tonight. If you're here tonight and you're a guest, thank you so much for being with us. want to get a chance to meet you and give you a gift bag for being in our church tonight, being a, a gift for you after the evening service here. And uh, James chapter number 2, let me just put one more plug in about the couples conference. Let's get signed up for that as soon as possible It's going to be a big, big help. That is another way to strengthen our church is when we have teaching going on, if you are here for that. And we need that. We need that in our churches, absolutely. In James 2 tonight, I want to just, I want to speak as if I was teaching a Sunday school class about, uh, uh, to our faithful church members about a great way to help one another. So I'm, uh, tonight, this morning, if you were in the service, um, you, you know, don't, don't fear that we're not expounding scripture tonight. Watch the morning service, okay? We dug in deep. But tonight is really a teaching with a lot of just different ways. Of, there will be the obvious biblical principle where we're going to get it from, but then there's going to be just several just you know, tips, steps, lessons, whatever you want to call them, that I want to give you tonight about a specific thing um, that, that our church needs to be good at. I want you to look at James chapter 2, and it's something that will strengthen our church. James chapter 2, verse 14. <clears throat> James two fourteen. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother, if a brother or sister be naked, they don't have clothing, and destitute of daily food, they don't have food, That's a brother or sister, a Christian. And one of you say unto them, depart in peace. God bless you. Be warmed warmed and filled. You know, I don't have food. I don't have clothing. Well, God bless you. May you be warmed and may you be uh, filled. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? So, you, you, you know, you, you have belief and, and, and you know that they're your brother, that you know they're your sister, and, and you're saying, hey, God can help you. Withhold not good from, whom, from them to whom it is due and is in the power of thine hand to do it, the Bible says. And so, but, but we don't help them, and w- what did that profit them? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you thy faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, that thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. The devils tremble at God. Hey, we ought to be trembling too before the Holy One. And wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? So we know this is not saying that you have to do good works to be saved. We know that, but I want to reiterate it in case you have a question. You cannot do good works to go to heaven. That's not the, the way God made it. You, you can't do enough to over, override the sin that we have. It is only by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ to be your Savior. That's how we get to go to heaven. It's faith. It's not of works, the Bible says. But 
If you have a true saving faith, you know what it results in? Works. That, that is a clear biblical teaching that we see all throughout Scripture, is that if you have a true belief in God and you have really been changed, there will be works to show that you have been changed. You, you, you can't avoid that. There's, there's no, if you're a completely different creature now that you've been saved, you're a new creation, then, then things are all going to be different. Everything about you is going to be different. And he talks about here, you, you have a brother or sister, you have someone in your church that's coming to you and saying they have needs, but you're just willing to be content not to help them, people that, that you know, people that are, that, that are a brother or sister to you, then, then what did, profit did your faith do? He's saying, you know, show, have some works as well. You know, we place a lot of emphasis in our church and in churches like ours on outreach. Church, outreach is vital. We will talk about it within the next seven days. Outreach is vital. The church has been given the Great Commission. The local church is to carry out the Great Commission of getting the gospel all across the world. And, and we make a big deal about outreach, and we will continue to. And in fact, we need to make a bigger deal about outreach, that's for sure. We talk about outreach a lot. However, I want to just tell you tonight that we cannot be guilty of failing in the area of inreach. In reach. And that's tonight what I want to talk about. Strengthening the church through in reach. And I'll talk about what that means in a second. Bow with me in prayer. Father, tonight bless us as we want to learn some things, Lord, to strengthen our personal walk with you, to strengthen our church that you have given to us, the church that, that, that is your church, that doesn't belong to us, it's yours, we are yours, we belong to you. And I pray that tonight, God, you would work in our hearts and, and, uh, and help this this really kind of teaching slash preaching message to find a home in every one of our hearts and every one of our minds that we can have ideas of how we can do this better. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We reach out a lot at church, but sometimes we reach in very little. Inreach is a vital part of a local church. Say, what is inreach? Well, if, if, if outreach is ministering to those without the church, then in-reach would be ministering to those within the church. And, and that is something, hey, we, yes, we have started some ministries in our church. We've started a care team. We've started some other ministries that are trying to help minister to the needs within the church. But no system is perfect. We need everyone on board with the idea of in-reach. And the sad truth is, you have a pastor that's not omniscient. I don't know everything, I don't see everything, and I miss things. And sometimes I miss people that haven't been here for a while, and we all do, and sometimes we fail to notice things, and, and sometimes, you know, it could be someone in your section has been missing for weeks, and, and boy, it's just slipped your mind, and, and you haven't even noticed that they're not there. But th that's the reality. You know, weeks ago, weeks ago, we talked about the fact that every church has a back door. You remember that we talked about uh, uh, during building relationships, that, that one of the ways that we can help close that back door where people come in and visit our church, but then they leave and they don't come back, <coughs> excuse me, one of the ways to start close that back door, in other words, to help people to stay in church is by forming connections, right? Everybody needs a friend at church. We need to reach out to other people and form connections. But can I say another way of helping to keep that back door closing and keep people in the church is through inreach? is through uh, helping and ministering effectively to those people that are already inside the doors of our church. But we, we, have to, we have to go out and tell people, hey, come to church. But then when they come to church, we also have to help them here. 
There's outreach, but there is inreach that is just as vital. I had a conversation with someone recently, and they used to be a member of this church long ago. And they said, Pastor, when I was leaving the church, and, and they, they were leaving. I, I, think, I think that was known amongst leadership. They were leaving the church. But the person said, no one even contacted me. And I thought, you know, okay, okay. So there's, there's part of me that is just self-condemning and like, hey, this is all my fault. The other th- part of me thought, well, you were leaving. <laughs> you know, like, but, but, but uh, that, that thought hit me of, I wonder how many people have felt that way. That they stopped coming to Gethsemane Baptist Church and nobody called. Nobody texted. Nobody visited. Now look, I'm not here tonight to throw stones because if anybody's guilty, it's me. And I will also say this, COVID did a number on a lot of us. COVID did not help because now we're thinking people, oh, they're staying home because of COVID. They're staying home because they don't want to get sick. And now we have, we're trying to mentally figure out, well, who's staying home for that and who's just missing so I understand that, but, but we're, we're out of this thing, and we need, to, we need to focus up and do better on this and work on closing the back door by ministering to the people that are within our church. Take your Bible, go to 1 John. Go to, go to the right in your Bible, to James, 1 and 2 Peter, and then 1 John chapter 5. Look at 1 John chapter 5. I want you to notice, and, and if we want to talk about loving one another, man, this is the book to look at of loving the brethren. But notice what it says in 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. They've been redeemed. They've been born again. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. Now, you, you may be tempted to think, oh, he's talking about Jesus. Well, if you love God, you love Jesus. That's not what it's saying. It's saying if you love the one who, who begat, you'll love the ones that are begotten of him. It's saying if you love God, you will love his children. How do I know that? Look at the next verse. By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep his commandments. So God says if you love me, then you will love your brothers and sisters. Because he begat you, you're born of him, but he, he begat them also. So if you love God, you will love them. And love is an important thing in the church, absolutely. But what is reaching into? Reaching in and ministering within the church helps us to build a spirit of love within the church. And that spirit is contagious. When we begin to show love to one another, it becomes contagious. We're bringing back something this year that we haven't done in several years. We're bringing back Encouragement Sunday. In the, in the next month in February. We'll have a Sunday where we're able to pass out some uh, cards if you want to be encouraged and be an encouragement and uh, an opportunity to anonymously be a blessing to somebody else in our church. What does that do for our church? It helps build love. That's important. It, you, you need that in church. And, and that, that love spirit within the church is contagious. Many of you may know the name C.S. Lewis, who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia and all that, who was an atheist but got saved, turned to Christ. Very smart man. He wrote a book called Mere Christianity. And in that book, he said, do not waste your time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Don't, don't waste your time thinking about, do I love my neighbor? Act as if you did. As soon as we do this, we find one of the great secrets. When you are behaving as if you love someone, you will presently come to love them. 
That's an amazing statement. When you are behaving as if you love someone, you will presently come to love them. Do I love this person? No. He's saying act as if you do. Do things out of love for people. Doing things for other people helps us love them more. You got a problem with all these people in the church. Are you doing anything for people? Are you showing love and thereby building love within you? I pray every day, God, help me to love people. Help me just to love people. But you know what the truth is? If I love God and I'm doing things for other people, that love will grow. And that's how it works. So tonight as we're looking at this, I, I have some steps to just try to help us. <clears throat> and, and how can we strengthen this church by inreach? What can we do to, and, and these are just some practical, simple things that everybody could do to help with reaching in and ministering to the people within our church. And if I, I swear, if I don't get some amens tonight, we're going to have an hour and a half message. I'm just feeling it coming down from the Lord. Okay, thank you. All right. Number one, step one. Here it is. Notice the people around you. If you want to look right now, go ahead. Stare. Normally it's rude, but feel free to do that. Don't, don't, you know, flip anybody off. Just look around, all right? Let's be kind and nice. But if you've, sometimes we're on what we call a cow path, where it's just, it's, it's, it's a worn out path where you, you go to the same seat, you sit down, you know, you leave, you go to the bathroom on your way out, and it's just, that's your path. You never deviate from that. And sometimes when we come to church, we, you know, we've got other things on our brains. And we come and we sit down, and we just came from work, or we just did this or did that. And, and we're, we're not noticing people around us. And I don't know if you need to make a reminder on your phone so your Apple Watch goes off. I don't know if, what, what you need to do, but I want to encourage you on Sunday morning, notice the people that are around you. Who sits next to you? Who do you know? Who don't you know? You, you know, we've got people, I mean, we're voting on Julius and Laura Kabakungan who've been in our church for three years. I would hope you would know them. I would hope that you know, there are people that, that you look around and it's not like, oh, they're a complete stranger to me. I, I, I've been in church 20 years here. Well, I, I hope we're getting to realize that, they're, you know, that we're not a church of 10,000 people where it's like, I've never seen you in my life. You know, but it, it's something that we can do. That's the first step. You have to know the people of this church or, or at least be listening to hear the needs of the people. Notice the people around you. Who sits in your area? Do you know the names of people? Well, pastor, I'm not good with names. You know what? There's this great invention called a pencil. You can write it down. Brother Schroeder, you got your pencil there? Was that a pencil? All right. Well, if you want to meet Gary Schroeder, go right now, and he will write your name down. Then he'll forget his pencil next week. So I'm kidding, Brother Schroeder. But, but who, how about this? You know, you got people in, in your section. Have you greeted them? And again, I'm not against you tonight. I'm trying to just help you to think differently. Who comes to your Sunday school class? Who, who should come but doesn't? D you know, don't wait for the teacher. Oh, the teacher will contact them. Why don't you contact them? You're part of the church too. There's no law saying only Sunday school teachers shall contact people. You know, what is, who is new that needs some friends in our church? A young lady that, that came this morning has been coming to our church for several weeks. Her name is Andrea, and uh, she's been coming for, uh, uh, I think, since August of last year. And uh, she wants to join discipleship. She wants to join our church. She's excited. God has just done an amazing work in her life. She's very quiet. I'm wondering how many people here know Andrea. I won't, I won't have you raise your hand. 
But what I'm saying is there are people like Andrea, there are people like Nick, there are people like these new folks that they're not going to go out of their way to meet you. And they shouldn't have to because they're new. We need to go out of our way to meet and welcome them and learn them. Uh, who, who sits alone that needs someone to sit with them? I, I, told, I told this story at Don Cooter's uh, funeral or memorial service yesterday, which was a great service. So if you were there, you heard this. But uh, laugh out of, uh, you know, just out of respect for me, if you would, please. And uh, if you've heard it, but uh, the rest of you will get a kick out of it. I read a story about Franklin Roosevelt. Some of you might remember that story already, but, but uh, he was president of the United States, if you didn't know. And oftentimes when he would have a host of people that were coming through the receiving lines at the White House, he would complain that no one ever really listened to him. He was the president, and, and he could say anything, and nobody would ever really listen to what he said. So one day, he decided to try out a little experiment. And every person that came by and shook his hand, he would murmur under his breath, I murdered my grandmother this morning. So people would come by, he'd like, I murdered my grandmother this morning. And he'd shake their hand, the next person, I murdered my grandmother this morning. That sounds horrible, but the guests would come by and say things like, marvelous. Keep up the good work, president. We're so proud of you. God bless you, sir, as they came by and shook his hand. But the last person in line was the ambassador from Bolivia, and uh, he actually listened to what the president said. I murdered my grandmother this morning. Just completely uh, nonplus, not, not, not reacting in any way, the ambassador leaned over and said, I'm sure she had it coming, and kept going. I love that story. But, you know, it got me thinking about several things. It got me thinking about how people listen. But they weren't even paying attention to the present United States. As Christians, look, we believe every person's important. We believe God loves everybody equally and everybody's important. So let's notice people. Let's notice people. When we dismiss tonight, stand up and look around and greet people. Well, I'm shy. What if they're shy? You'll get over it quick. Notice the people around you. That's step one. Step two, notice when people are absent. You can't know that somebody's absent if you've never noticed them. You won't know to know that they're missing if you've never seen them or noticed them. I wonder today who was missing from your Sunday school class. Did you notice? Hey, we're so-and-so. Where are they? Who's missing? What kids were missing from your class? What adults, what couples, what, what men, what women? Who was missing today from your section in church? And you have a section. You always sit in the same pretty much area. If I, any Sunday morning, if I came up here and just took a diagram, a diagram, the, the, the church auditorium, I could guess pretty close to where you're going to sit. Unless some jerk sat in your seat that day. Some visitor that just did not know better. Or girl. As, but but you know, who's missing from the ministry you served in this week? Who is missing from, from the services on Wednesday or Sunday night or, or this morning? Who, who's been missing? See, we have to notice these things. We are the church. It's not the, just the pastor and the staff and the deacon's responsibility to, to reach out to other people. We are the church. And by the way, I got to do a better job. But we are the church. So that means we should be noticing a brother and sister. It doesn't say in James that if a pastor notices a brother and sister. No, it says if you notice, if a Christian notices, that we, then we ought to be aware of these things. And, and by the way, don't just assume people have stopped coming. 
um, assume they are missing. And people that are missing should be missed. Well, they just probably stopped coming. Maybe they're just going through a tough time. And you know what? Not everybody is built the same way. Some people, when they go through a tough time, they close down and they stay home. Some people, they go through a tough time, they open up to God and run to church and hit the altar and, and pray to God, but other people don't do that. And, and so when someone's not here, let's realize that, hey, they're missing, so they need to be missed. Notice when people are absent. Number three, I only have 24. All right, I'll cut it down to six now that I got some amens. All right. Step three, notice when people are on the prayer list. Notice those on the prayer list. I won't ask you, because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I wonder who prayed for Miss Linda Camus this week. Her brother went home to be with the Lord. I know a lot of you did. I know a lot of you did. I know you did. I wonder who prayed for Brother Stephen Medellas, as I announced last Sunday morning. By the way, Stephen's son Danny was in church today, teenage boy. I wonder, I wonder who's praying for, for uh, the people on our list that, that you notice. And by the way, it's not just the people that are on our list, but how about the people that are, have a family member on the list? The people that have a coworker, or a neighbor, or a friend on the list. Because I tell you, if, if one of our church members has a family member on the list and they're sick, that means that the church member is suffering too. They're praying for that person with cancer. They're praying for that person with, uh, uh, you know, the, the heart ulcer. Uh, they're, they're praying for people that have issues, and, and they're feeling it deeply too. So are we lifting them up in prayer? Are we reaching out? James 5 tells us to pray for those that are sick uh, in the church. Galatians 6, 2 says, bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear you one another's burdens. Lift up that person. Feel it with them, and pray with them. Pray for them. But we have to notice. We've got to notice who the people are. Then we've got to notice when they're absent. Then we've got to notice, hey, who's on the prayer list? Who's going through a dark time? By the way, there's a lot of people that don't put prayer requests on the prayer list. And they'll come to church with a smile, but there's something behind that smile. And so a lot of that is empathy. A lot of that is just learning to look for people when you come to church. It's a new muscle you're going to have to exercise. But it's important. We have a very friendly church. Uh, uh, I, I haven't heard anybody say anything different recently in the last years that I can remember that, that we have a friendly church, but I think we need to go beyond being a friendly church and being a serving and ministering church too. And we do have people that serve. I'm not saying we're doing bad. I'm saying we can always be better. And in-reach is important. Notice people. Notice people that are absent. Notice people on the prayer list. Number four, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. You know, maybe you, you notice somebody is gone. Maybe you know, notice somebody's been missing. Maybe you notice something and, and uh, you're wondering about it. And the Holy Spirit says, make some cookies. Let me just say, drop half off at the pastor's house and then go take those cookies to that person. You, you know, whatever it may be. And, and it's not always, some of us can't make cookies, okay? That, that's not our gift. We can go buy them, but we can't make them, right? But maybe it's the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, invite that person out for coffee. Hey, maybe it's just ask that person how they're doing, and when they say, great, maybe you should say, really, how are you doing? And maybe that's all the Holy Spirit wants you to do, and they're like, they open up and tell you stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's inviting someone over to your place. Maybe it's giving an anonymous blessing, whether it's financial or otherwise. But I just want to tell you, whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do, do it. 
our college president, Brother Treber, would all, the, the pastor of the church where I went to, of the, that owned the college where I went to, anyway, you know what I'm talking about. He would always say, obey every spiritual impulse. Obey every spiritual impulse. You may find that, that God shows you somebody in church and you feel in your heart, go talk to them. Just go tell them your name. Ask their name. Whatever it may be. And you're like, well, I think they're going to talk to somebody else. Somebody else will get them. Maybe you just ought to follow the Spirit's leading and do what the Holy Spirit says to do. I think that's a good step. I like that one a lot. Amen, Pastor. Thank you. Number five, make contact. Step five, make contact. So, so how do we do this? How do we be better at inreach? Okay, you got to notice people around you. you got to notice the people that are absent. you got to notice those maybe even on the prayer list. And then follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. What's he telling you to do? But then I'd also say, make some contact. Uh, talk to these people. Now look, the great thing about our church when it comes to members is we have a directory. And it's not like the old days where you're you know, flipping through the phone book. What's their last name again? How do you spell Kubachek? How do you spell Pinchokchai? How do you spell Baladhai? You know, it's, it's not like this anymore. You know, we have these directories where it's pretty simple. We got names. We got phone numbers. We got addresses so you can stalk them. We got emails. We got uh, 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 Instagram ID. No, I'm kidding. We don't have all that. But we've got a lot of stuff going on where it helps you to make contact. What are some ways to make contact? Make a visit. There's, you, know, you don't have to, you don't have to you know, uh, come to a church-sponsored activity to make a visit. You can drop something off at somebody's house or just drop by to see how they're doing. Now, you may want to call in advance. If it's a quick visit, and, and sometimes I'll make a quick visit without calling, and I'll say, no, I'm not. And they'll say, Pastor, why don't you come in? I'll say, no, 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 you didn't expect me. You didn't expect me to come, and I'm not coming in. I'm not going to do that to you. I just wanted to drop by real quick. But maybe make a visit. How about make a phone call? How many of you are like me? I, I will tell you this. I despise talking on the phone. Anybody like that? I hate it. I don't know why. I think what it is is I can't read someone on the phone. And there's that awkwardness of like, hello? Yeah. And you say something, and then they try to speak, and then you try to speak, and I go, no, 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 you go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry, my bad. You go ahead, you go ahead, you go ahead, you go ahead. And all of this stuff, and I hate it. It drives me nuts. I really cannot stand it. But I, you know what? I talk on the phone. Nancy, where's Nancy? She knows. I'm always like, Nancy, I hate talking on the phone. Call this person back. Not church members, but like, uh, you know, if it's, if it's someone like, uh, uh, you know, like the president or something, I'm like, just call him back. I, I, can't, I can't do that, you know? Get those calls all the time. But make a phone call. Call and check up on somebody. Hey, haven't seen you in a while. I just want to check up and see how you're doing. Well, what if they're mean? You are a big boy. You're a big girl. You can take it. You, know, you, you can pray with that person. You can make a visit, you can make a phone call, uh, and, and you can make the visit, but you can also call. You can send a text message. An easy way to get connected with somebody. It also allows you to think through what you're going to say. Sometimes, you know, it's, well, what would I even say? You could send a text. It may take you 35 minutes to craft that text message, but you can send it. Now, it's not the best way to communicate, but it'll work. How about this? And it's going to sound like I'm an ancient person with a rotary phone here. Write a letter. Send, hey, Brother Schroeder, let you borrow his pencil. You need to borrow one? Write a letter, send a card, send an email, 
Uh, you know, I know my kids personally, they love it when they get like a card or something in the mail. Open the mailbox, hey, this is for you. <gasps> what? You know, and we just don't do that much anymore. But we could somehow, some way, make contact to let people know that they're cared for and missed. Well, I prayed for them. That's great. That's wonderful. But faith without works is dead. Let them know. Let them know. I heard a story about a lady with arthritis. And this was a real story. She always went to the same post office and because it was all friendly cashiers or clerks, whatever they called them, the employees were, were always so friendly to her. And so she was going to buy stamps, and there was a long line, and one of the workers knew her and came up and said, hey, you know, there's a machine in the, in, in the, in the lobby over there in the other room where you can, you can buy stamps. You don't have to stand in this line. And she looked and she said, the person said, I know, but the machine won't ask me about my arthritis. She She wanted someone to just care. And I want to encourage you, look, these are not hard steps. You notice, you pray, you say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? And then you make contact. All of that can happen in a very short amount of time with very little effort. And then lastly, I want to just say this tonight. And because of your amens, I'm going to cut it down to six points. All right, we'll stop here then. No. Number six. Operate on the belief that people want to be missed. Operate on the belief that people want to be missed. Say, what do you mean? I know how it is. Sometimes we get in our head about it. And sometimes we think, well, people, they don't want to be bothered. Well, no, maybe they're just taking a step away. Maybe they left because they were offended. Maybe they haven't been back because they're sick. Maybe they're just on vacation. Look, no matter the reason someone isn't here, we need to operate on the belief that they would want someone to check up on them. And look, yes, we try to do our best to check up on people. But sometimes we fail. So you may think, well, they're already getting checked up on. I can tell you, look, if I was in a hospital for a length of time and someone, and I got one card or 15 cards, I think I'd be more thankful for the 15 cards. Well, they already got, he already got one. Who needs another card or whatever? Like, you know, it, the more the merrier. You know, we have had that phrase that we say, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It's true. People need to know how much we care. I read a story about a young boy who was going on an errand for his mom, and he went to the store, and he bought eggs. He must have been rich. He bought a carton of eggs, and he was walking out of the store, and he tripped out on his way out of the store and dropped and broke the eggs. There goes $1,000. All the eggs broke. The sidewalk is a mess. The boy's trying not to cry. A few people gathered around to see if he was okay and say, oh, I'm so sorry, little boy. I'm so sorry that happened to you. But in the midst of all that, one guy walked up, handed the boy a quarter. This was back when eggs weren't $1,000 a piece, right? He handed the boy a quarter and he turned to the group and he said, I care 25 cents worth. How much do the rest of you care? What was he saying? He's saying, I care enough to actually do something. How much do you guys care? Of course, you know, the little boy walked away with uh, um, a carton of eggs. So let's not just say we care. Let's show we care. Let's do something. Let's let people see our care for them. I believe that our church loves one another. I, I believe that. I, now, I, 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 there's probably some where you're like, I love them, but I don't like them. Maybe, I don't know. 
But I would say, I, I think there is a spirit of love in our church. I don't think there's any, any huge issues in that way. But I wonder, are we showing that love? Are we showing that love? How, how, how do we get better at inreach? How do we keep people in the church? We notice them, that they're a human being that God loves. We notice them, and then we talk to them, and we care about them. We meet them. We, we ask their name. We have, we have discourse with them. We, we communicate with them. And then when they're not here, we notice. And when their name's on the prayer list, we notice. And when they're not in their spot, we notice. And when they're not in our Sunday school class, we notice. And when they're not in church Sunday morning, we notice. And then we say, you know what, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? And then we reach out and we make contact. And maybe you say, well, I don't have their phone number. And you can call the church office and say, hey, Nancy, I don't have this person's phone number or address. Could you give that to me? Hey, pastor, I don't have this phone number or address. Could you give that to me? And I'll say, how'd you get my number? But you could reach out and you could do those things. And, you could, and, 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 and that's an easy thing that we can all do. But, and don't operate with the belief of, well, they don't want to hear from me. No, operate on the belief that missing people want to feel missed. They want to feel, hey, because what does that say when you're gone and no one, no one reaches out? But then if they're gone and eight people text them and two people call them and three people show up at their door, okay, I get it, you love me. And that's how it ought to be at church, that people know that we love them because we're constantly, consistently showing them. We're busy, we're in Southern California, you know, it's a very busy area we're in, it's a busy lifestyle, it's a busy world, but let's not forget to reach in. Reach in. And outreach is good, inreach is necessary. And I wonder tonight, hey, look, that, that helps our church. Every time you help an individual, you strengthen our church. Every time. So tonight I want to ask you, who's missing? Who is the Holy Spirit bringing to your mind that you need to reach out to? And then next Sunday when you're here, who do you need to reach out to? And then the next week, who do you need to reach out to? And just begin looking and deciding, hey, I'm going to be doing my best to look in and figuring out who can I minister to. Father, thank you for tonight. Bless, I pray, our church. Help us, God, to reach in. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. We're done early tonight. We won't have a